one more time uh, while they are still here. We love these folks dearly. Brother Claiborne, come and greet this congregation tonight. Well, if you will, one more time, let's clap our hands unto the Lord and shout unto God with the voice of triumph and allow me to join in with you. circle to be with really and truly my first pastor, Brother Greg Riggin. Um, he doesn't know what this has meant to me. I don't know what it's meant to him. He, he you know, we, we, but there are no words, Brother Riggin, for me to say just simply thank you, sir, for being the man that you are, and that is a, a true man of God. And thank you so much for your input into my life. I, I like to tell people, and I do very often, uh, that my first pastor was the man that set my feet upon the rock on which I intend to stay, and according to to the Apostle Paul, that rock is Christ Jesus. And his church is built upon the revelation of who he is. And it is upon that rock that the church is going to stand. And according to the words of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There are no demons that can handle what was taking place in here a few moments ago as the glory of God came and sat down in this place. What an awesome, awesome moment in time that Olathe, Kansas, the true church, has an opportunity to stand and be a light in a dark world. Ah, oh, my friend, we ought to stand to our feet and lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to know the truth. Well, your word declares that we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. Bless you. You may be seated. Give me just a moment. I'm, I'm not here to preach tonight. I'm interested in what this young man has got to say tonight. I'm looking forward to that. But I do want to give to you a word um, that about 2 o'clock this morning the Lord gave me. I'm going to have to quit coming, but I don't want to quit coming. Now. I, I want another invitation, but um, at, at 2 o'clock this morning, I was reading some more of the Word of God in the book of Hosea. And you sang that song a while ago, and it mentioned the former rain and the latter rain. But it says in Hosea 6 and 3, the, 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 the nation of Israel has 
come full circle, if you will, and recognize their situation. And this is kind of um, a, a prayer of repentance. And they say to one another, come now, let us go and follow after the Lord and see if he will not send us or, or, or heal us and return. Then he goes on and says, for he will meet us or he will come to us, come to the earth. He will come where we are as the former and latter rain. does not say former rain. It says former and latter rain. And when I begin to look at that Hebrew word rain, I begin to see that, that God has a purpose for what he is intending for, I believe, this church. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to speak right now to Olathe Church. I'm, I'm not interested in another one. I will be going to other churches, but this is the word of God for Olathe, Texas, uh, Kansas. I'll get the right state. Just, just, just for, it, it'd be all right. That word rain in that particular verse in the Hebrew means to teach. When the Spirit of God comes in the form of the early and the latter rain, it's coming to equip you, it's coming to equip me, it's coming to teach us how to go into the field of harvest and gather the harvest for the Lord. Now we can have programs, we can do Bible studies, all these things are needful in the church today. I wouldn't be a pastor today. I tell you, they have to fight things and face things that men in my time and, and even in Brother Regan's time early on, um, uh, they just didn't have to face it. We, have, we are living in some perilous times, Apostle Paul says. So in these perilous times, understand that when the Spirit of God comes and it settles in the place of Olathe Truth Church, then my friend, he's here to teach you how to go and to be a labor laborer in the field of God's harvest. The harvest is plenteous. And I'm saying to you tonight, if you will allow God to take the word and plow through your fallow ground, the fallow ground of our hearts, if you'll allow God's word to plow it up, even tonight, I don't know what he's going to preach, but even tonight, if you'll let the word plow up the fallow ground, my friend, when the rain comes, you'll be opened. You'll be ready to receive the early rain, the former, the latter rain, and it'll be seven times greater than what you can imagine in your mind. God Bless Olitha, Kansas with the mighty end time harvest and revival. Revival is for the church. The harvest is for God. God bless you all. Thank you for your kindness. I love you very much. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, I can promise you if I have anything to do with it, he'll be back. And I think I got a little bit to do with it. Surely after 27 years as pastor, I got a little bit of say-so around here. <laughs> if I don't, I might as well quit right now, I can tell you. 
because it won't get any better. Praise God. But we're going to have them back. We love this couple very much and enjoyed spending some time with them. Now, we've also got an evangelist with us tonight. And uh, uh, Brother Garrett Pearson and his wife and their beautiful little girl, Felicity. And we are so thrilled to have them here. Um, I preached, this, this makes me feel old. I shouldn't even say this, but I preached for his grandpa. That makes me feel old. That just makes me feel old. But his grandpa's older than me, so, so I, was, I was just young, you understand. So um, maybe I'm not quite that old, but, but uh, actually served with his grandpa on the, the uh, general board, and probably where I first met him, in fact, was there, uh, or else maybe when I was Sunday school director, maybe that's when it was, and went up and taught a um, marriage retreat up in North Dakota. And uh, met several of the men in North Dakota. That's where his grandpa was at the time. That's where he was born and raised. Now, his dad is now pastoring in Wisconsin. I don't remember the name of the city. Where? Sturdivant. I'll have to ask you that about ten more times. I, I don't know. But anyhow, I don't know much about Wisconsin. I've been up there a few times. But but anyhow, his dad is there. And... and um, know his dad and some of his, uh, I know at least one one uncle, I don't know how many uncles you got, but I know there's at least, is it one or two? Two uncles on your dad's side. And um, I think I've met at least one of them. Uh, but anyhow, you know, the old, I'm not old, I'm not going to say it. But anyhow, we're glad to have them here. Uh, he, he was preaching in Hutchinson, Kansas, this past weekend, and um, I found out he was going to be in the area, and I said, well, I want him to come by and be with us. We love good apostolic evangelists around here. We love good apostolic preaching around here. Doesn't matter if he's an evangelist, if he's a pastor, if he's a missionary, uh, whatever his position, if he's a God-called preacher, we want to hear the voice of the Lord. Praise God. This is the truth, church. It is the truth, church. And, uh, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, well, that sounds kind of exclusive. Well, it's amazing. You can have, you can have all kinds of churches that are called the life church. Or you can have a church with the name Way in it, you know. I know of one in Colorado, the Loving Way, and um, I think Brother Bell's is Living Way. You know, they can put way in there. Well, Jesus said, I'm the way and the life, but he had something else right in the middle of all that. And uh, we don't want to forget about that part of it. Because if you really want to know the right way, you're going to have to know the truth. And if you want to live the right kind of life, you're going to have to obey the truth. Well, praise God. Amen, amen. We are glad to have the Pearsons here. And I told him uh, if they want to sing or his wife sing, or if they want to have Felicity sing, that would be all right too. I'm a grandpa. I, I enjoy that. Praise God. But whatever they want to do, I want him to take his liberty tonight. Let's stand tonight in honor of the man of God.
got to spend a little bit of time with them this afternoon and just, you know, you, you, can, you can pick up on a person's spirit. Now, he's also in my class, but I don't, I don't hear from him much in my class. He hears from me a whole lot too much, really. But, but um, he is in my, my college class. Um, is your dad in that class? Your dad's also in that class. And uh, so, anyhow, this is a unique situation, but he's going to get to teach the teacher tonight. Praise God. And I'm ready. I'm hungry for the word of the Lord. I really am. I appreciate what we heard on Sunday, but that's not enough. I want some daily bread. I want to hear from the Lord tonight. And I believe we're going to. Amen. Would you say with me, preacher, preach to me. Preacher, preach to me. God bless you. There's your microphone right there. We make sure the battery's good and fresh and hot for you. So come and take your liberty, Brother Pearson. So glad that you're here. Amen. Well, why don't we just give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. And thank him. Oh, hallelujah. Let's do it first class. Lord, we are thankful for you in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, hallelujah. Oh, yes, I hear the sound is the abundance of rain. Hallelujah. Oh, his spirit is thick in this house tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Sister Pearson, if you would come to the piano, I'm going to have you sing a song. But I am, I am very thankful to be in the house of God. You may be seated. Um, and I'm very thankful for men, um, men of God that have, that have plowed the way before us youngins who are coming behind. Amen. And, when I, uh, and I'm thankful for men like my grandpa, my grandpa Bishop Pearson and uh, your pastor, Pastor Riggin, and, and all that they're doing for the kingdom of God. I am so thankful for that. For wells that I didn't dig, cities that I didn't build, amen, the blessings of the Lord make, make rich and they don't add any sorrow to it. I'm so thankful for that, amen. And so I give honor to your pastor, Pastor Riggin. Thank you for having me. <clears throat> Looks like I'm going to blow this sound system up yet. <clears throat> but uh, I was, we were just in Hutchinson and uh, Pastor Carricker was just talking and he was introducing me. He didn't know that I'm technically, a, I'm a sixth generation or I'm a fifth generation Pentecostal and my daughter Felicity will be a, is a sixth generation, amen, Pentecostal. But he didn't, he didn't even know any of that. He knew that my grandpa and my dad were in the church and, and he said, but he said, but I believe that he's a first generation Pentecostal or apostolic. And, and I, and I really liked the way he said that because each and every one of us has got to buy into the truth. Amen. Like the, like the name of this church is, a truth church, you got to find the truth. Amen. Amen. So let's just be first generation apostolics. Sister Pearson sing. Nothing. 
stand with me. Oh, how many are thankful for the presence. Amen. Oh, we got to have, amen, we got to have the presence of God here. Amen. We've got to have the glory of God. Amen. I got to thinking about that verse where Moses says, Lord, show me your glory. <laughs> amen. But now, that we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He can fill us. Hallelujah. With His Spirit. Fill us. Amen. With your glory, God. Amen. We need the Spirit of God in this day and age we're living in. If you would turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. Today I'm going to preach to you from this title. What are you fighting for? And as we see in this scripture we're about to read here, here it says in 2 Kings chapter 13 and 14, Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him a bow and arrows. 
Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for the man of God. Amen. That, that encourages us. That challenges us to fight. Amen. That tells us, come on, get, get something in you that wants to fight. Get you some weapons. Get you some equipment that is ready to fight. Amen. And he said to the king of Israel, put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. Oh, I'm thankful for godly instruction from my man of God. Amen. From my pastor and from the pulpit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for elders that will show us. Amen. Hey. This is how you do it. This is how you aim it. This is where you need to be going. And they help and give you direction. And he said, open the window. <laughs> Amen. There's faith in that statement. Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Amen. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. Oh, we need deliverance today. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, the man of God, Elisha said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God, oh, he was wroth with him. And he said, thou should have had smitten five or six times. Thou hast smitten that. Thou hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The man of God and the elders, amen, of the church and, and uh, the preaching and can go forward and, and uh, can give us direction, can give us faith. But it's up to us to consider, amen, what we are fighting for. Amen. It's up to us. To have, amen, ultimately the faith, amen, to step into the will of God and the call of God. Amen. When he's calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light, it's up to us, amen, to step into it and to have the tenacity that God wants us, amen, when living for him. Amen. Let's close our Bibles. Let's, uh, let's close our eyes and let's pray right now. Oh, we need a move of his spirit. Oh, hallelujah. If somebody's hungry. Amen. It wants to see God work in this place. Amen. If you are hungry, amen, for a word. Amen. In due season, in due time. Amen. Will you lift your voice? Oh, hallelujah. Call on the name of Jesus. Oh, that he would help us. Amen. That he would open my mouth. That he would give me the strength. Oh, hallelujah. To portray, amen, the burden that's on my heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Amen. What are you fighting for? What is the purpose to what you're doing? What is the purpose of coming to the house of God every day or every, every couple days or uh, how many ever times a week that we come to church? What is the purpose of praying every day? What is your game plan, as you could say it, to, Amen. In living for God. I'm, I've been reading this book. Uh, the title of it is 1776. And it's a book that details about the Revolutionary War and all of its battles. And a lot of the uh, points in the book describe the thoughts of the leaders of our founding fathers and what they were going through in the Revolutionary War. And, and even, even it goes into detail about 
some of the, the British leaders that were making decisions in, for Britain and uh, what they were thinking and what their motivations were and what their thoughts were as they, as they fought this battle that's almost been two and a half centuries ago. And as you look at everything that was going on, Britain had everything in their advantage. The motherland, as you could say, had everything in their advantage. But their approach was their downfall. Their approach to the battlefields and their approach to the situations that they were in was their downfall. They weren't as tenacious and as, uh, they weren't as aggressive as the, the patriots or, or, the, or the rebels were. Oh, hallelujah. They thought they were just fighting a little rebellion. They thought they were fighting some skirmishers. And in many ways, they really were. They were an untrained army. They, were, uh, they weren't very well uh, equipped, and they didn't have much ammunition. Many times, George Washington would write saying, we don't have what we need. We're, we're lacking what we need. But what they did not lack was their determination and their resolution and their will, amen, on the battlefield. Amen. They were willing. These men were willing to sacrifice all. Amen. I, I know as, as I'm reading this book, uh, there were some that left the, that left the con Continental Army to go back to be with their families. Uh, but there were some that stayed. Uh, they were willing to surrender everything. They were willing to give everything. They were willing to give their lives. Uh, let me tell you, church, we've got to be ready to sacrifice all. Uh, if God is going to give us all. Mark chapter 10 and verse 21 says, Jesus beholding him loved him. Here he's talking to the rich young ruler. And he says unto him, one thing that thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and take up the cross and follow me. You see, the only part of this command that the rich young ruler really was thinking about was what he had to give up. But what he didn't even think about, what he didn't consider was that Jesus told him, thou shalt have treasure in heaven. He wasn't, he was going to give up his earthly goods. Oh, but he would receive everything, amen, in heaven. Oh, let me tell you, if you live for God with everything you have, if you pour everything you have, amen, into your walk with God, oh, hallelujah, the returns, amen, will definitely come back tenfold, amen, for what you put into it. Ah, hallelujah. Oh, the devil would have us believe that it's okay to just go to church and, and be a part of what's going on and just, uh, you, know, you know, just go and glean a little bit from your Bible every once in a while. Go put up a, an inspirational, you know, quote or, or scripture every once in a while. Uh, but, but you don't need to be there at prayer on Saturdays. You don't need to be there at outreach and you don't need to be there. And, and every time the doors are open at the church, you, you, it's okay. You can just live for God at your own pace. Hallelujah. Oh, but we've got to have uh, the type of attitude that Elisha did uh, when he was telling him, strike the ground. Uh, but that king, he could never get it in his bones, uh, amen, to get aggressive and to get tenacious, uh, amen, and say, I want deliverance. Amen. If you look early on in the war for independence, uh, 
That's why we call it the war for independence. Amen, which I'll get on get into. But early on in the war, if you if you read all read the letters that were written, a lot of them were just talking about the freedoms of a man and and freedoms that every man should have. And we're fighting for freedom. We're, we're just fighting to get away from the tyranny of Britain. And and we're just trying to, to remove ourselves from the tyranny and all of this oppression that's coming with with uh their 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 acts and the the stamp act the sugar act and the the townsend act and the intolerable acts uh, these acts were imposed and and many of us know that phrase taxation without representation they were thinking we're we're being we're having all this oppression put all, on us and this tyranny and uh, and so they were fighting to get away from that they were fighting to get away from the tyranny of britain and so the Continental Army and George Washington were fighting for freedom. But if you continue to read the letters and you see what happens as they even go to war, how they change their mentality from just fighting for freedom to fighting for independence. Oh my, let me preach. Hallelujah. So many times we're just trying to run from the world. There's so many of us that, that just try to run from sin and just try to get away from the problems. And, and we're just trying to get away from, from the, the, the oppression of sin and the depression that it puts us under. And, and we run from, from the world and we run from it. And oh, I just want to be free from the tyranny of sin. Uh, amen. But uh, what are we fighting for? What is the purpose for which we fight? Uh, are we fighting for freedom? Uh, or are we fighting for independence from the world? Matter of fact... Uh, July 5th, 1775, Congress attempted what is called the Olive Branch Petition. It was one last attempt to have a peace treaty with Britain. <laughs> this is after the Battle of Lexington and Concord. This is after the battle, battle for Bunker Hill. <laughs> That's one year, amen, before the Declaration of Independence uh, was signed uh, Oh, hallelujah. What they did not realize, America didn't realize in the beginning uh, that there is no world in which we can live outside of the tyranny of Britain and still stay connected with Britain. They had to remove themselves. Uh, they have to become independent uh, and separate themselves, uh, amen, to something different uh, and make a declaration and say, I'm being a part of something different. Uh, Oh, hallelujah. Oh, amen. If you want your deliverance, uh, amen. If you want your deliverance from the world, uh, I'm telling you, get into the church. It's not just enough to run from uh, sin. It's not just enough, uh, amen, to run from the world over and over. Uh, but you've got to connect yourself uh, and become independent and say, uh, there's no world in which I can be a part of the world uh, and free from sin. Uh, amen. I've got to connect myself. Uh, to the church. What are you fighting for? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. America realized it could not receive the benefits of freedom until it had severed ties with Britain to become something new. In the same vein, we must completely cut ourselves off from sin in the world. That's what repentance and forgiveness of sin is for. 
Hallelujah. That's what that baptismal tank is for. Amen. It's to put a wall up that says, amen, I'm standing. Amen. The waters of baptism are a wall unto the world and to you. And it says, I'm cutting ties with the world. Oh, it's not just an outward sign of an inward work. Amen. But God is putting in you. Amen. Or God is cutting off the world from you so you can become independent. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, it matters what we are fighting for. Luke chapter 9 and verse 59 says, And he said to another, or, or, uh, and he said unto another, Follow me. Here Jesus is speaking. He says to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to first go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. Let the indifferent bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home and are at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. Remember Lot's wife. She looked back. She just couldn't separate herself from her past. She, she kept thinking, man, I wonder what I... I wonder what life could be if, 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 just, if this was different and, and I could have figured it out. I, I don't, I don't want to live this new life. I don't want to live the. Well, why do I have to separate myself from all of that? No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What are you fighting for? Amen. I'm not trying to discourage you into throwing in the towel. Amen. Because it gets hard sometimes. Uh, never quit fighting. Uh, but to attain the dominion that you need in your life. Uh, amen. You have to ask yourself the question. Uh, am I fighting from just freedom from sin? Uh, or am I trying to connect myself uh, to God? Am I trying to connect myself to the church? Uh, oh, Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 25 says, Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And then he says this, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. He's saying, I'm not just throwing punches without purpose. I've become independent. I know what my, what my goal is. I know what my objective is. I know what I need to do. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, does anybody want to have that tenacity? Amen. And to be aggressive. Amen. I'm no longer treating sin like a game. I'm no longer treating sin and the world like a little pet. Amen. But I've got to sever ties with it. I refuse to be a castaway. That's what Paul said. I refuse to be a castaway. He said, I keep my body under subjection. Lest that any, by, by any means when I preach to others, I should be a castaway. Oh, my, I understand that we detach uh, from sin in the world, but we have got to attach uh, ourselves to God. Uh, amen. And we've got to attach ourselves to his calling. Uh, amen. And his will when he calls you out of darkness. Uh, amen. You've got to be willing to step into the light. Uh, got to be willing to reveal yourself to God and say, Lord, uh, amen, I I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, amen. To be yours. I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, to do your will. 
Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says, uh, No man that warreth entangleth himself uh, with the affairs of this life that he may please him uh, who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Another way of putting that is, uh, if you read the ESV, it says, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits uh, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Oh, our goal is not to please the world. It's not our objective just to, uh, amen, be, be accepted by the world and be accepted by the society that we live in, uh, amen. But as the word of God says, uh, come out from among them uh, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Oh, our aim is to please God. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to have the spirit and the attitude that says, Lord, uh, whatever I'm doing, uh, amen, let it please you. Whatever pursuits uh, I'm involving myself, let it, let it please you, Jesus. Uh, I want to serve you. Uh, I want to live for you as a sacrifice. What are you fighting for, church? What are you fighting for, saint? What are you fighting for, sinner? What are you doing? What are you doing in the house of God today? Hallelujah. What is the purpose of these altars? What is the purpose of the word of God? Oh, don't look back. Don't look back. Hallelujah. Oh, it's time to get in the church. It's time to become, amen, a part of the church. The word of God says, amen, do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves. And then it says this, so much more as you see the day approaching. The reason why is because sin is becoming, uh, uh, Satan is transforming himself into an angel of light. Uh, he's becoming very deceptive in his ways. Uh, and we need to be a part of the church. Uh, we've got to be a part of the church. We're not just free from sin and live in this uh, quasi-free state uh, in between sin and, amen, and the world and God over here and, and playing the fence and being lukewarm. Uh, amen. Uh, it's time to run to Jesus. Uh, it's time to run to him. Uh, amen. He is a merciful God. Uh, don't let the devil tell you that you've messed up too many times uh, and that you can't get redemption. Oh, hallelujah. Don't look back. Don't turn around. Uh, amen. And look at those old habits again. Uh, don't turn around and look at those old things you used to do. But get a hold of God and get a hold of the truth uh, and get a hold of the church uh, and say, I want to be a part of that. Uh, what are we fighting for, church? Oh, the world only has hollowed out dreams and empty promises. They might be fun for a while. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 17 and verse 30 says, uh, even, it sh even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop uh, and his stuff in the house, uh, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. You know what it's saying there? You know what Jesus is really getting at? It means as we see that Jesus is coming back, the closer we are to his coming, the more radical we need to be. Amen. The more connected we need to be with his spirit. Amen. The, the more prayer we need to be having. Amen. The more into the word of God we need to be. Oh, hallelujah. Because verse 32 says, remember Lot's wife. It says, whosoever shall seek 
to save his life shall lose it. If you're building your own kingdom, uh, if you're just uh, enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season, uh, I'm telling you you're going to lose it. Uh, and it says, whosoever shall lose his life uh, shall preserve it. <laughs> I'm forsaking the world. I'm forsaking the old man. I'm putting him down. Amen. I'm here to, to kill off the flesh. Amen. To cut the flesh and to become more spiritual. Amen. Oh my, this isn't in my notes, but I feel to say it. Amen. If we look at, at Esau and Jacob. Esau, it seems like, why? Why didn't Esau get the blessing? He was... He was uh, he he went at, he was a hunter. His dad loved him, and and he should have had all these blessings. And then we see this conniver and this this seemingly person who is a uh, who's kind of a, a, a just a heel catcher, just somebody who's a who's a conniver and a thief and a, and just a cheat. And he receives the blessing, but you see what Esau did is he represents the flesh. He. This story never should have went past Jacob. We never should have heard of Jacob again. We never should have heard his name being said the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. It should have been Esau. But why wasn't it Esau? It's because the Bible says that he despised his birthright. Oh, hallelujah. Let me preach to you. It doesn't matter if you have flaws. It doesn't matter if you have uh, uh, if you have problems and if you have things that you're dealing with and you're working through. Oh, but if you have the tenacity of Jacob that says, "I want the inheritance." I want the promise, even though it shouldn't be mine. I didn't deserve it. But let me tell you this, Jesus, amen, died so that we could have it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Sister Pearson, if you'd come to the piano. Oh, hallelujah. I've preached long enough. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 25 says, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And if you think about the, those revolutionaries two centuries ago that fought to, for this soil that we stand on today, why, why didn't they just enjoy the fruits of the land that they were in? Why? Oh, we'll, we'll just take, oh, we can just take a little bit of, uh, of this, this harsh governing. Maybe it'll go away sometime. Maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll let up on us. Maybe we won't have to endure this tyranny forever. You know what they thought? They thought I would rather live free and die, amen, than to live in a world where I'm not free and where I have to live under this, uh, this weight and this burden of the tyranny of Britain. Oh, I'm telling you today, I'm here to convince you uh, it's better, amen, to live in the house of God and deal with your problems in the house of God. It doesn't mean that if you live for God, you're going to be perfect, uh, Amen. But I'd rather deal with my problems in the church uh, where I have a name where the righteous can run into and be safe. Uh, amen. Where, where, where I can run to the altar and talk to Jesus about my problems. Uh, I'd rather have a church. Uh, amen. Where, where scripture says where if somebody falls, amen, they help them get back up. Say, come on, keep going. 
Come on, stay in this thing. Stay in the fight. You can make it. Amen. Maybe you've prayed for the Holy Ghost before and you didn't get it. Oh, just keep praying. Amen. Keep fighting. Stay in it. It's better, amen, to keep fighting. Amen. In the house of God than to, than to struggle. Amen. And enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Amen. But when Jesus comes back, not be able to have the promise. If you would stand with me. Oh, is there anybody today oh, that wants to get the spirit of Elisha on them? Oh, Elisha, Elisha, you gave direction. You, you gave me, you, you showed me where to go. You showed me what to do. But somehow the king of Israel, he just couldn't get that aggressive nature that it takes to have deliverance. Oh, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for, King of Israel? Whose kingdom is this? Is it your kingdom or is it God's kingdom? Oh, hallelujah. What, what, what do these battles mean that you fought for? Amen. Maybe some of you have fought a battle even to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. What was it for? Amen. Are you going to take hold of it? Take the arrows and say, I'm going to go and get my deliverance. Amen. These altars are open if anybody wants to come tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.